This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. There's no place like home for the holidays or homedepot.com for holiday decor with great low prices on decorations inside and out like artificial Christmas trees to light up the living room, outside lights and playful inflatables that bring joy to the neighborhood. Order online and you'll even get free delivery. Holiday decorating improved with a wide assortment of holiday decor from homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Free standard shipping on most online orders over $45. Some exclusions apply while supplies last. Why do millions of Americans choose to sleep on Bolin Branch sheets? Is it the 100% organic cotton? Is it that they get softer and softer over time? Customers can't stop raving about these sheets, and there's no better time to try them for yourself or give them to someone you love. Right now, Bolin Branch is offering their best deals of the year, and you can get their incredibly soft sheets at incredibly low prices. Just go to bowlandbranch.com to shop their best deals today. That's B-O-L-L and branch.com today. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, William Liu. I'm, uh, I apologize for the acoustics. I'm sitting in a car. I'm uh, in Algonquin camping. Um, but, you know, the Raptors just had to go and trade for Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Um, and, <laughs> I mean... Uh, personally, I didn't really believe these reports when they were coming out, when the Vegas things were coming out. All this stuff sounded crazy. And, and honestly, if anything was going to happen, you thought it was going to happen while it was, you know, during Las Vegas USA training camp when people could actually get a chance to see Kawhi for the first time since December. Um, and, you know, you figured since Masai was in Kenya opening schools was Barack Obama. Like, seriously, look it up. That really happened. And Bismack and Thon Maker also there as part of his Giants of Africa outreach program. You would figure that, you know, the Raptors probably aren't going to make a no deal. Like, like Masai is literally in another continent, like on the other side of the world. But, but the man delivered. The man delivered. Shout out to Bobby Webster as well. And the Raptors now have Kawhi Leonard, which obviously there's a lot of questions um, that come with this deal. Uh, and I guess I'll talk about them, you know, right now. But just in the moment, like the fact that the Raptors have Kawhi Leonard is so insane. Kawhi is a top five player, period. One healthy, period. And obviously the health is a factor. His willingness to play this season is a factor. His willingness to stay is another factor. But just on the Bottom line, like Kawhi is a top five NBA player in his age. 20, he's age. He's twenty seven years old. Like, I mean, it's it's such a insane, insane move. Um, so let's just cover off a couple of those topics right here. Again, I, I'm out camping right now. I'm gonna eventually come back and and have some guests and break this down in more detail and get other people's perspectives. But you know, this is just making do for now. So let's start with why the price was what it was. So the Raptors traded Demar Derozan, Jakob Pertl, and a 2019 first round pick that's one to twenty protected. Beyond that, it becomes two seconds or it doesn't convey. For Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, who are both on expiring contracts. Um, so 
that's obviously a very low price. Um, the Spurs were talking about how they wanted to get some Godfather offer from like you know the Lakers or from. Uh, the Celtics or the Sixers, like they need to give us all these prospects. Like they need to give us Dario Saric, Markel Fultz, a couple picks, stuff like that. And you know the Celtics, they needed to give up, um, you know, one of Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or some kind of prospect like that caliber. Or if you're the Lakers, apparently they wanted like the whole team and some pick swaps, like some like, basically that Brooklyn Nets deal that uh, that Danny Ainge struck. So. That's what the price was from other teams, and it really did sound like the Raptors didn't have enough assets. However, if the Raptors were going to make this trade, it sounded like the Raptors would have to give up, you know, OG, Siakam, a future first, stuff like that. They end up only giving up one of those three, and that, that one is a 2019 first-round pick, which is protected 1-20, to 20, right? So if, the Rapt- if this really doesn't go well, like if Kawhi doesn't play a single second, then the Raptors have a pretty good chance of keeping that pick, depending on how much they want to tank the rest of their season, um, especially without DeMar DeRozan. And, like, honestly, like, they really just gave up Pirtle, which is a very nice player, and I've sung Pirtle's praises many times in this podcast. He's done many great things for the Raptors, but they're trading for position of strength. They have a lot of centers. Now there's more minutes at center for Serge to play center. Uh, obviously, JV still has his time at center, so even if they just split the minutes right down the middle, 24-24 apiece, um, you can resolve that, but Ultimately, what I'm saying, it's it's a pretty low price, especially when they didn't take on a bad contract in return from the Spurs. Um, you know, you obviously have to ask questions as to why the price was low, and I think the there's a couple of factors that went into that. One, I feel like the rest of the market is kind of paralyzed. Like, the, the Lakers actually don't have the kind of contracts right now to, like, match a deal. Um, they kind of just bet that, Kawhi was going to sign with them next year, which he might anyway, right? But they kind of just bet that he'll sign there anyway because if you look at the kind of contracts they had, I mean, they signed all these one-year deals to eat up all their cap room, and the way they were going to take Kawhi back was to, um, you know, take Kawhi into cap room because what they were going to send back into San Antonio in a proposed deal was going to be a bunch of prospects, but that wouldn't have matched any salary. So, um. So that took the Lakers kind of out of the running. The Celtics kind of looked like they were sitting out the offseason altogether. And again, they also have an issue of not being able to trade um, mid-range contracts to match Kawhi's salary because you're not going to trade Hayward. You're not going to trade Kyrie. You're not going to trade Horford. And the rest of those guys, I mean, those guys are on small deals, so you can't really flip them. Um, Philadelphia, they're in a unique situation because they do, I think, still have some cap room. And I guess they could still trade guys like Wilson Chandler, but... They don't have a GM right now, and uh, it might help to have a GM to pull off something like Kawhi Leonard. So they're kind of out of the running, too. And then when you factor all that in, like, you are basically left with the Raptors. And the Raptors gave, you know, um, one of the most loyal, one of the most respected uh, franchise players in DeMar DeRozan. You know, we could talk about his limitations, everything like that, but that's a really nice piece for the San Antonio Spurs to, you know, take back. Um, That replaces a lot of what Kawhi does on offense. He's not as good as Kawhi on offense, but at least offensively, DeMar is able to, like, replace a lot of that volume and keeps them competitive. And they also get Pirtle, which Pirtle is a nice center who could eventually start. I mean, the guy I compared him to from the jump was Tiago Splitter, and, like, 
he's better than Tiago Splitter. He has a little bit more upside than Tiago because Tiago can never stay on the floor. But like you know, the Spurs have done really well with Tiago Splitter. They won a championship with Tiago Splitter, so that's not a bad piece either. And if honestly, if the whole thing works out well for the Raptors, then they're also going to get that fit, that pick on top of it. It's not going to be a great pick because it's one to twenty protected. Um, but you know, it is what it is, right? So the price was low, and then like the price was reasonable, but the price was also low in the sense that like. They didn't get, like, what they were asking for, which I don't think they really realistically thought they are going to get that. And also, it's kind of low because, like, that's not even close to the Raptors' best package, right? Like like I said earlier, they didn't get OG Ananobi. They didn't get um, Pascal Siakam, right? They, they got some of the lesser assets, in which case you have to say, A, that's a credit to Masai for not um, um, making a bad deal, not bending over and giving up everything in terms of uh, – a trade like this where the Spurs did hold some considerable leverage. Um, but also, you know, it, it speaks to the fact that obviously Kawhi comes with some issues, right? So the first issue right now isn't even about can the Raptors convince Kawhi Leonard to re-sign when his contract comes up in 2019. He has a player option, but he's going to pick up that play- He's going to decline that player option and go into free agency. Um, it's not even about can he stay. It's well, will he play, right? Like can – like, can Kawhi's camp really argue and try to sit out an entire season um, for the sake of getting his way to go to Los Angeles? That would be that would be crazy. I mean, it's already pretty crazy right now, right? At least this year they can hide behind the injury of, like, look, he had a quad or whatever, and uh, there's questions whether or not he's healthy too, right? But at least last year they could hide behind the fact that he had a tricky quad injury. Um, the severity of it is not com- entirely clear. Obviously, Kawhi's camp says it's more serious. So the Spurs said it was not as serious. That's why they cleared him. Um, but, you know, will he actually sit out two prime years just to go to the Lakers? That would be uh, a first. It really would be a first. I mean, look. You can make all these jokes about Alonzo Mourning sitting out that trade with the Vince Carter trade and eventually end up in Miami, whatever. This is not Alonzo Mourning at age 34, 35, whatever it was. This is Kawhi Leonard at age 27 before he's really gotten a real, like, supermax deal from anybody, right? And so it is a really risky move, right? I don't think it was going to play again in San Antonio because those bridges seem completely burned. But if the Raptors were able to work together with Kawhi, Get him on the same page and tell him, hey, listen, even if it's a one-year rental, you do right by us. We'll do right by you. It'll help. Like, you know, first off, you'll get a bigger offer from us than anyone else next summer. Um, But also, you know, if you play well here, you could reestablish your value a little bit just to make sure everyone's cool on knowing that Kawhi Leonard is still Kawhi Leonard. Because if you sit out two full years, no one really knows if Kawhi Leonard is still Kawhi Leonard, right? Like, that's that's a bit of a gamble. So, I, I mean... Obviously, he's a, a fantastic player, but I don't know if any player can retain their value after sitting out two years. So th- there is a question of how much he – like, if he will play for us. I'm not that concerned about it because I think the Raptors have worked that part out. Um, however, the other thing I'm a little bit more concerned about is how motivated he will be to play for the Raptors. Um, obviously, this is not the place he wanted to go. He wanted to go to L.A. Toronto is, like, as far to L.A. as you can get pretty much in the NBA. But, like – Honestly, even if it's one year rental, I don't really care that much about it. Like, it, yeah, it would suck to not resign Kawhi Leonard. Of course, it would suck to not resign Kawhi Leonard. But even if it's a one year thing and he's not entirely motivated, like that's still a really good player. In terms of the motivation thing, like, I, like 
it, will he defend as hard? Eh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But again, like, it all speaks to the fact that do you want to not be that guy for two full years just to get you away to L.A.? And and can you retain your value that way? I think the, I think the Lakers will sign him regardless. But, you know, do you want to take that kind of hit? And like, it's a big PR hit if you're going to burn two franchises along the way. So, I, I mean... That's obviously a chance. There's a chance that happens, and who knows? Um, it, it's it seems like I'm I'm a little bit more sympathetic towards Kawhi's side than than San Antonio's side. Uh, I wrote a piece about this at the score, just outlining um, the ways in which the Spurs sort of overplayed their hand and sort of alienated Kawhi Leonard. Um, but like, you know, like it, it's not in t- it's not a perfect situation because his agent um, is his uncle. Um, and uh, he's not a very um, experienced agent, which I don't really have an issue with. Like, whether you can you can do the job, you can do the job, right? I mean, he successfully got him out of San Antonio. We'll see if he can get him to L.A., right? But, like, he is a bit of a wild card in terms of just, like, he's not necessarily a known entity. It's not like other bigger agents where, you know, they represent a lot of players. Um, they've done a lot of deals with the team, and there's, like, a level of trust there. Just Kawhi's uncle, his agent, is kind of a wild card here. Um, but I mean, who knows? I think if Masai is able to talk some sense into the whole idea and just say, look, we can make it work for one year and then we can decide after that, but let's just make it work for one year. Then I think this would be a huge success. But I think the reason why this trade was a little bit cheaper was, you know, obviously tied to that. There's also the issue of whether he's healthy. Realistically, we'll never know that. Um, reports on Kawhi's health have been very, very strange all throughout um the spurs kind of insisted that he had a bruise in his quad that he suffered like two years ago um that kind of just consistently had some problems but they thought they could just rehab it a little bit take a slow it's a bruise right so you just wait for the bruise to go and then you're done Kawhi's camp thought that it was a um like a i'm, I'm not sure what the, the exact terminology was i, I gotta call my my boy shanex but like um <laughs> You know, basically, they thought that there was an issue with the quad in terms of when the ligament attached to the bone. And so, like, they thought there was a weakening in that area. I think it's called tendinopathy. And um, that it could be a chronic issue where if he continues to play on that injured quad, that it could lead to a separation, which is obviously a way more serious injury than anything else that's reported. Obviously, he's had a whole year to sit that out. So, um, you know, chances are pretty good that he's healed. He obviously has been... um, you know, not playing this whole time. So you you would think he's healthy, but, um, you know, that's another gamble. That's another gamble in the Raptors' part. And, you know, if you want to critique the deal, that's probably the biggest thing that could really derail it because if Kawhi is just straight up not healthy and not comfortable to play, he has shown that he will not do that. And if you're the Raptors, there's nothing you can really argue, nothing you can really say. It's not like McKechnie can just go in there with his rubber bands and his, like, shoestring and just, like, tie up his leg and say, go out there and play. It's not that simple. He's someone from outside the organization. You got to get his buy-in. You got to win his trust first. Um, And you might have already upset him by trading for him, and it's not L.A., but, I mean— Again, that's the Raptors having to bet on their organizational structure. That's a rap. That's the Raptors betting on um, that they're able to, you know, be a big name player in terms of uh, how the NBA works. In terms of just not being bullied by players anymore, right? That's obviously been a huge track record um, in terms of how the Raptors have come to being as a franchise and where they are right now, like 20 something years into their existence, is the fact that they have been bullied a lot in terms of. Um, how players have treated them 
But that should be in the past. And the Raptors, uh, if you're going to say anything about Masai's tenure beyond the fact that it's been pretty successful in the regular season, is that they have turned the Raptors into more of a respectable organization. And you can argue whether or not that goes to Colin DeMar. And I think a lot of that should go there. Or how much of that goes to Dwayne Casey, which I think a lot of that should go there too. And how much of that just goes to the Raptors organization in terms of Masai, in terms of the people that he's brought here, the t- the way he's defined his organization. And, you know, it's a bet. It really is a bet at the end of the day, right? It's a bet that you have enough organizational stability to incorporate um, someone like Kawhi Leonard because the Raptors are now openly inviting, right? Like, the Raptors used to avoid anybody that wouldn't want to play with the Raptors. And, like, you know, <laughs> deals have been struck off by that. But the Raptors are now betting that they can – um, fix those problems that they are able to uh, accommodate that and again that's that's Masai making a gamble so the, the Raptors are making a gamble on multiple fronts with this Kawhi deal but um, in terms of how good the Raptors can be all right and this is why I was giddy from the top and I've been giddy pots from the, the whole the whole time here do you realize that the Raptors can field a starting five of the following Kyle Lowry a point guard very good option Danny Green, a shooting guard, acceptable option, can guard multiple positions, uh, but a bit of an inconsistent shooter, but obviously experienced, knows how to play, a really good defender. All right. At three, it's Kawhi Leonard, who is a top five NBA player, hands down, no questions about it, unless he's not healthy. But let's just forget that question. I'll just say it's healthy Kawhi Leonard. All right. Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard. At power forward, I don't know who you want to start. You could start OG and Anobi if you wanted to. They talked a lot about OG playing power forward in summer league. He did play a lot of summer league as power forward. His body is big enough to sort of, you know, defend that position. And, you know, quite honestly, that's Raptors starting, you know, three interchangeable wings between Green, Kawhi, and OG that can switch everything. It's going to be a nightmare defensively. And then at center, you have JV, who is an excellent defensive rebounder so that helps you when going small right because everyone else might not be that great of of rebounders but hey JV is a phenomenal rebounder he's a phenomenal interior scorer he can play pick and roll he really does affect the defense and look if he's weak on like if if he's if there's any limitations for like JV on defense you have four excellent defenders in front of him right and even if that doesn't work you could just swap him out with Serge which would make it an insane defensive lineup it really would Serge at the five I, I still have confidence in obviously Serge as a player overall I'm not happy that the Raptors have him on this terrible deal but you know, Serge can still be useful as a five. We saw that we saw it in 2017 when the you know the Raptors didn't have um, Kyle Lowry down the stretch, and the Raptors did actually play really well defensively. So that's your starting lineup. Your bench lineup is Fred VanVleet, DeLon Wright, C.J. Miles, um, Pascal Siakam, and you know either Serge or JV. But like that's still four of your core pieces from that bench lineup that dusted everyone last year, right? And they're young, so they're getting better. Like we saw Pascal Siakam, these videos that are coming out, the fact that he had like 38, 15, and 11 at the Drew League, which whatever it's a Drew League, but still 38, 15, and 11 is insane. Like, you know, these pieces are going to get better, right? And so when you put all that together, that's a really good team. That's a really good team. Let me just say that again. Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, OG Ananobi, JV in the starting lineup, Fred, DeLon, CJ, 
Pascal Siakam, and Serge Ibaka as your backup center. This is an insane amount of talent. It's it's really an insane amount of talent. And look, the Raptors had this one-year window, basically. They've cut their window from two years to one year, but they have improved their chances of going back. Look, if you if, if you want to make changes, and you want to make changes after last year's playoffs, which I think everyone agreed with, we should definitely make changes. This is what this is the kind of change you want to make. You want to bring in a new coach that's going to bring some new philosophies. We've already seen what Nick Nurse wants to do at Summer League. Obviously, he needs to have some cachet and gravitas to convince everyone to do this in the regular season. But he already has... Uh, Kawhi doesn't seem like a combative player in terms of what the coach wants him to do. It just seems like he's a combative player in terms of he wants to go to L.A. Um, you know, he's got some new ideas. Obviously, he wants to play small. He wants to switch. He wants to do all of that. I think the Raptors are going to be able to do all that with this roster. And the talent there is crazy. It's it's a crazy amount of talent. The Raptors should be, like, they should be right there with the Boston Celtics. I think they're probably even ahead of the Boston Celtics. It, I obviously have to see what it looks like with Kyrie and Gordon Hayward back in the lineup. But, look, I think Gordon Hayward actually replaces a lot of the reduction, the production that the uh, that the Celtics were going to get from the young guys anyway from those spots. So I don't know how much of an upgrade that necessarily is. It's not like they're bringing in um, Gordon Hayward to replace Damari Carroll's minutes in the rotation. It's not like that. It's they're replacing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, which those guys were having really good seasons. Even Marcus Morris, to an extent, was having a great year. Gordon Hayward's better than all those guys, but it's not a huge upgrade. It's not. A, it's not adding to zero. It's adding to it's replacing 12 with 24. It's not as much, right? And, um, you know, Kyrie, like, Kyrie does help the, the the Celtics a lot, obviously, but, like, defensively, there's a bit of a drop-off. So, look, I'm not I'm not really going to – I'm not really going to discredit the Celtics. I think that's dishonest. Like, they have a really awesome team, and they have a great coach and everything like that. But as of right now, the Raptors, with that roster – with that roster that I just mentioned earlier, should be able to push the Celtics and really contend for the Eastern Conference, if not already be ahead of them. Because if Kawhi Leonard plays like Kawhi Leonard should play, he's the best player in the conference, period. We have the best player in the conference. LeBron just left, and the Raptors just got the best player in the conference. And it's a one-year window, but that two-year window was, we've already seen it, man. Last year was already the best-case scenario for that team. Like... I don't think Kyle Lowry is going to come back any better because he's already going on, you know, getting a little bit old. He can't get to the rim as much anymore. Demar, he kind of is what it is on age twenty nine, right? Like he's a fantastic player, but he is what it is, and we've seen it in the playoffs, right? Like it is what it is, and that's part of why the Raptors traded. Like the guys the Raptors have traded and the guys they've gotten rid of have all been made for, with an eye towards the playoffs, right? Dwayne Casey, fantastic regular season coach, does everything well, but. What comes time for the playoffs? Does he make the kind of adjustments that he needs to? Is he more reactive? Will he put Tyler Hansbo in the starting lineup? You just never know. You just you just never know, right? And so you at least try to improve there with a guy like Nurse. And then with Demar, I mean, like the last thing we saw of Demar, like obviously Demar is great, and I'm going to end the podcast talking about how much of a how much it just is going to be a cost to the franchise to trade Demar. But the last time we saw Demar play. He was like minus twenty two, minus twenty nine, like minus twenty five. Like it was, it was tough in that Cavalier series. It was tough, and like he had even tough moments in the Wizards series trying to like you know adapt to the Raptors' new scheme. Like I was there in person in, in Game Four against the Wizards. He shot the ball like every single time. It was crazy. Like, like I, I get it. No one else is really making that many shots, and you need to create a little bit. It's on the road. It's a hot spot situation. But he kind of shot them out of that game. I, I'm, it is what it is, right? And so, you know. 
DeMar was also benched, by the way, in that in that game six against the Wizards. Remember when it was Fred Van Bleek closing it out for a long time and DeMar finally came in with four minutes left, right? And then he was actually benched in the in the, the Cavs series when the Raptors made their best push in game three. And then in game four, he comes out. He doesn't really try to redeem himself. He he ends up fouling, like, Gordon – or Jordan, uh, Jordan, Jordan Clarkson, like – and getting ejected, and that's kind of the last time we saw, like, DeMar on the court. So, DeMar obviously is a fantastic player and everything, but his playoff failures are, are such that, you know, it, how much was that window really there, right, with DeMar as your main player? And I think that's a question that a lot of people have asked, and I think it's rightfully so, and the Raptors have given him many chances, many different supporting casts to make that happen, and it hasn't happened. And so if the Raptors want to make a move to beyond that, that's that's acceptable. Just like how the Raptors took a lot of flack for moving on from Dwayne Casey, there was a reason for that. This follows that same reason, right? When Masai kind of declared, like, you know, we've heard reports about this all throughout the summer that, you know, like, oh, DeMar might get traded, blah, 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 blah. Like, nobody is untouchable. Nobody. Nobody. And DeMar is at the top of that list in terms of people who are untouchable, but even he got moved. So that's the reason behind the deal. And then lastly, like I said, I mean – it's it's a pretty big cost to trade DeMar. It really is. Like, um, DeMar has been, in terms of his importance to the franchise and in terms of his value as a player and how much he's grown and how much success the Raptors have had with DeMar, top three Raptor of all time, hands down, might even be number one. It's a very good case for number one for DeMar, right? It's it's, it's him, it's it's Vince Carter, and maybe you want to put Kyle Lowry in there. Kyle Lowry is more important basketball-wise, but culture-wise, DeMar was the culture, right? DeMar was the culture. And so, like I said earlier, it's a bet for the Raptors to see how much of the culture can be retained through, like, the structural organization of this is Masai's team, blah, 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 uh, and how much of the culture was there because of Kyle, because of DeMar, because of... Dwayne Casey and look all those guys deserve credit because when everyone when a team wins everyone wins right and so they all deserve credit for 59 wins for 56 wins for going to the Eastern Conference Finals for winning four playoff series in the last uh three years like all that is important however however right you know the Raptors obviously had their limitations throughout all that and DeMar was part of that and so they moved him right but this is an important guy this is this is like you're already seeing the reactions on Twitter. Like, Lou Williams is already saying the Raptors snaked DeMar. DeMar is already upset that, you know, the Raptors told him they won't trade him, and then they traded him. Like, it's a lot of things that happen all at once, right? And people are going to be upset, and the Raptors are probably going to get shit on. Even though they got Kawhi Leonard, they're going to get shit on for all this, right? And quite honestly, they deserve to get shit on a little bit. It's a really heartless move to trade DeMar. However, let's not act like there's no justification behind it. We can celebrate the fact that he is a fantastic Raptor. He's done a great service to them, that he should get a standing ovation every time he comes back to the city. And honestly, in the future, when he becomes a free agent, I would love to see the Raptors try to get DeMar back. Chances are pretty good. He won't be happy about that. But it is what it is, right? But I think in terms of DeMar as a person, I mean, how could you not miss this man wearing a Raptors uniform? Yes, you might have disagreed with the way he played basketball. And quite honestly, those are a little bit overplayed. Like, come on, man. The man averaged like 24 points, like five assists, five rebounds. Like, what are you really going to argue with in terms of his basketball production? But even if you want to argue with his style, you can't argue with everything he's done off the court. The fact that he's at Vegas, he's supporting the younger players. He's leading younger like younger players in workouts. Remember him and Norman Powell waking up like Roy Halladay and A.J. Burnett like at, at 4 a.m. in the morning to go work out in L.A like all the ways he's represented Toronto he's put the city on his back he's gone to 
um, you know, Rio and, you know, won a gold medal and him and Lowry were representing the Raptors, like, you know, all the all-star games, stuff like that. He started the last two all-star games. Like, he is an important player. He really is important to, to the franchise and the Raptors let him go. And so that, in that perspective, it's not nothing. It's, it's not nothing at all. Like, DeMar is such a huge, huge figure. And look, I even I own I own two DeMar DeRozan Raptors, Raptors jerseys. Like, like you know, like, I think most Raptors fans, I would say at least half of Raptors fans have a DeMar DeRozan jersey. Like, he is the franchise in that regard. But I think what this season had shown was that the franchise had run its course, that we're ready to move on to a new direction. And sort of what was holding this team back was some of the older pieces and uh, – it's not necessarily like now that we'll change them, they're gonna, it's going to be better. It's not addition by subtraction. It's sort of just like DeMar can't be the main guy for us if we're going to win a championship. That's that's what this whole season has really shown. Uh, this last couple of years have shown. You can't win a, You can't win with Kyle Lowry as the main guy either. And it's not their fault that they're not the main guy. And that's not the Raptors like putting them under the bus or anything like that. Kawhi Leonard is a guy with the kind of talent that he has to be that main guy. He's already won a championship, and he won that championship when he was, like, 22 years old, right? Kawhi Leonard, when healthy, is that guy. And so, obviously, there's questions about whether he's healthy or not, but when you look at this trade, when you look at sort of the thoughts that went into this deal um, and how it got done, I mean, Masai was straight up in Kenya opening a new school with Barack Obama, and then the next morning he traded for Kawhi Leonard, and he didn't have to give up OG. He didn't have to give up Kawhi and, and Siakam, and he created a one-year window where this is probably the this is as close as Raptors will ever get. Well, not ever, but this is the closest Raptors have ever gotten to winning a title. Like, there's a real chance that this team can win the Eastern Conference. Like, more than a real chance. I would say they're slight favorites. And then after that. Obviously, you got to beat the Warriors. But if you're going to beat the Warriors, then you got to have a franchise player like Kawhi Leonard, who last we saw him was killing it, killing it with the Spurs, like leading the Spurs, leading the Spurs to like a 22 point lead or whatever it was. And obviously, that was just one game, whatever. But the Spurs, in comparison to the Raptors, we have way better talent than the Spurs do if we have Kawhi Leonard on our side. Um, and also, like, if you're going to defend the Warriors, you probably want a versatile team full of wing defenders and if you look at this Raptors team we are suddenly flush with wings you have Kawhi you have Danny Green you have OG you have Siakam you have CJ Miles he just has a wing Kyle Lowry can play up a little bit of position DeLon Wright can defend multiple positions like the Raptors suddenly have a very adaptable team a modern team it fits the Raptors style and if they're gonna win the championship this is their year this is really their year I know it's kind of crazy to be like, all right, the Raptors just got embarrassed and, you know, we got our hopes up to beating LeBron and we got swept. And then the next year I'm coming back and telling you, hey, man, this is the Raptors' best chance of winning a championship, but this is the Raptors' best chance of winning a championship. Obviously, they got to get Kawhi in line. They got to get make sure all that works out. And, you know, there's already reports coming out he doesn't want to play in Toronto. Of course he doesn't want to play in Toronto. We already knew that. What what you want to do at work and what you're actually going to do at work are two different things entirely. So, Come down to Toronto, Kawhi. You're going to love it. City of Toronto, please show Kawhi Leonard a lot of love. Don't bother him. Don't talk to him in an Uber pool. He's very quiet. But just, you know, I don't know. Treat him to nice restaurants. You know, just buy him a drink, whatever. I, I don't know. The City of Toronto, it's got many talents, and I'm sure they will treat Kawhi well. But even if it's just a one-year deal, this is the Raptors' best chance of winning a title. It cost him DeMar. It cost him Pirtle. Pirtle is a nice player. He's going to be a, 
a nice, young, cheap center in the NBA for at least the next five years um, before he gets another deal. And, like, you know, it sucks to lose that, too. It sucks to lose yakin skills. I mean, I had a lot of—I mean, Pirtle had a lot of great moments. Remember when Pirtle had, like, nine offensive rebounds against the Warriors and it, the Raptors nearly upset them in, in, in Golden State earlier this year, like, at the start of the season, and they were playing, like, a back-to-back between San Antonio and, and, and Golden State? Like, Pirtle had a lot of great moments in Toronto as well, but— you know, it is what it is. And the Raptors are making a, they're making a bet, Masai is making a bet, that his organization can make something like this work. And there's a lot more work ahead of them. Like, this is not just we traded for Kawhi Leonard, everything is done. No, there's tons, tons more work from here until later. But, my God. <laughs> the Raptors have Kawhi Leonard. Uh, for now, let's celebrate. Let's worry about the other concerns later. For now, let's celebrate. I'm going back to camping. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Raptors have Kawhi Leonard. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year for all of us, all right? We, we might have gotten blown out. We might have gotten embarrassed. But we got Kawhi now. So, you know, that's the, that's enough of a response. That's enough for me to, you know, buy in and return as a Raptors fan. Not that I was ever going to go anywhere, but I'm definitely coming back after this. So, uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Like I said, there will be more reaction podcasts. Um, obviously, this is such a huge thing. We're going to be talking about it throughout the entire summer. I'm going to get more people on the show, uh, you know. But uh, for now, we have Quan Leonard. We have a potential championship contender, and it really sucks to lose Demar. And we should celebrate Demar. Celebrate Demar. Celebrate Kawhi. Could do both at the same time, and it's not backstabbing anybody. It is what it is. Anyway. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, I'll be back later this week for sure. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.